the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. A big warm welcome to you. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and you are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. And today we're going to hear stories from a new friend of mine. His name is Justino, and Justino is currently in Mozambique, and uh, he's, uh, he's going to blush. But uh, he's a bit of a superhero, and and let's find out why. So, Justino, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, brother, tell me, uh, first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. Who who is Justino? Who are you? Yeah, uh, my name is Justino Johnny. I am from Mozambique, uh, born and raised in Mozambique. Mozambique, it's it's a country that is in the southern part of Africa, and uh, I am a missionary. I've been serving uh, a, as a missionary in an island called uh, Inyasunji, uh, which is in the central part of my uh, um, country. And uh, so reaching the unreached people groups, and they are isolated there in that small island and uh, with about 132,000 people-ish. And uh, that have not, uh, they haven't heard the gospel, you know, they are completely unreached. There is no Bible translated in their language. And uh, there is no church that is strong enough to reach out to them. So I served uh, uh, in that island for 12 years, reaching that particular people group. So that's a little bit about me. I yeah. mean that that's uh that's a hard task is it not I mean I mean you're out of your even though it's you're you're part of the world you're out of your culture into a, a new indigenous culture and so uh why you know just you know you're you're you're, a, you're an intelligent man you know you're a man of of abilities why would you do this why would you why would you seek to do such a, a hard role you know, uh, you could be, um, what, why, why are you reaching out and doing this hard job? So uh, my calling started in 2007 when I felt uh, God speaking to me, particularly to just go and reach out to that people group. Because I was raised in Africa in general. There is a lot of tribalism, you know, one tribe hating another. So I was raised actually hating that people group. My parents raised me like that, you know, like that people. And uh, they are not good. And those people, they are like witches and all of these things. 
So, but then as I grew up and I came to know the Lord when I was 14 and the Lord put a, a, a love in my heart for that people group. And uh, so I felt uh, to go there and reach out to them and bring the gospel to them. So that was kind of uh, like strange, you know, that brought a lot of even rejection to my family for the fact that I actually left everything uh, from the city where I was born to go out and reach to that people group there. So, yeah, and it was only because of God's call upon my life that I actually ended up obeying his calling to reach out to that people. I don't know where to start. So <laughs> that's amazing. So 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 from going from hating uh, a group of people, uh, a tribe, uh, indigenous people, from going from hating them, you moved uh, all the way to to loving them. And so uh, to tell us a little bit more about that. I mean cuz you know uh, in uh, in every country around the world, yeah, th- th- this happens, you know, in in my country and uh, but also in America, where we have a sort of a, a political tribalism, you know, you're either on this side or you're in this side, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, there, there can be no love if if you love the other side, you know, you're a traitor, you know. And so, so mm-hmm. tell us what, tell us about this love that came into your mind to do what is so counterintuitive to to the human nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was actually being, uh, I was doing a school with Youth with a Mission. And uh, and that time, in my quiet time, I was actually uh, reading that passage when Jesus was speaking to his disciples that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray earnestly that the Lord of the harvest will send more workers. So it was in that time when I heard the voice of the Lord specifically um, uh, speaking to me to to really uh, go and reach out the Karungus because in that time I was praying for missionaries to go to the Karungus and then the Lord spoke to me like you uh, you go yourself so and uh, I actually uh, uh, I recruited you know like two other people to come you know together with me to form a team and uh, and go and uh, uh, start a disciple-making movement in that island. So that's where everything started. And was it was it easy? Did you just arrive and everyone was like, "Oh, welcome"? Because I'm assuming they they must they must have assumed that you were uh, a, a, from a tribe of people who didn't like their tribe. How 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 did it work out when you first arrived? No, it wasn't actually easy at all. So it was very, very difficult in the beginning because that people is very looked down upon. Mm. The reason why is they call it the people from the island. They are witches, you know, they practice a lot of witchcraft and they are a lot of uh, into a lot of uh, ancestral worship and um, so many evil things happening. And then so... When um, when we went there, even people, they were really uh, surprised the fact that we were moving from the city to go to that island because not uh, they haven't actually seen people leaving the city to go to stay with them. And uh, so when they saw that, they were like, what do you guys want in this place? So the chief of the village he was very, very angry, and he was, like, uh, very unhappy. 
and he said, I don't know if you really, you are really coming here um, uh, to speak about this God of yours or you have other interest or, or business or something. Uh, but then, you know, the Lord made a way there was a person of peace that, you know, the Lord actually uh, showed us. And that person was very hospitable. And he said, you are welcome. And uh, we look forward to, you know, to this time with you. And we look forward to hearing what you guys have come to do in this place. So the Lord opened the door through that particular person. But in the beginning, it wasn't easy. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, man. Did, at, at some point, did you sort of wonder, um, God, are you sure you sent me to the right place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were many times, you know, that uh, I questioned myself. And uh, because there were a lot of challenges and a lot of uh, sicknesses and malaria mm. and uh, a lot of, you know, the things that we went through as a team and uh, that made us question, Lord, is this really uh, true that you have called us to a place like this? But then the Lord actually was speaking over and over again. And we, 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 we felt that we needed to obey him and do actually what he wanted us to do in that place. And we were praying that the island would actually be known a place where God abides because the people call the island as the place where the witchcraft and where the witches abide and where they live and everything. So we were actually praying for redemption of that name to be known as a place where God dwells. So, yeah, it was difficult. Did you feel any uh, spiritual attack? So many. One of our neighbors was a witch uh, doctor. And uh, so we, were, we had so many uh, spiritual attacks. And one of the nights she just uh, uh, woke up and she started yelling and speaking uh, words, very bad words, you know, against us and saying, get out of here, you are not welcome. And you are really uh, troubling us. We don't enjoy, you know. Um, we don't want you to be here. So many nights she would wake up and say that. And we were not actually responding or saying anything. And the next day, when, we, when it was a day, uh, daytime, we used to talk to her. We used to serve her. We used to love her. We used even to give some food to her children and, uh, and tell stories to them. And um, um, one of the nights she just, uh, uh, the last night she woke up and she said, I'm going to leave this place. And then the next morning she just moved, you know, left her house and everything. She moved. Actually, she destroyed her house because the house are made of sticks. And she destroyed the house and the tin uh, roof. She took it and built a house in a different place. So we were praying that she would come to know the Lord, but she didn't. But four of our children, they are believers now because she sent the children, say, go to that church. Wow. You know, and four of our children, they are believers, which two of them are leaders of two of our churches there. So, yeah. Now, you know, it's again, it, it, you know, as Jesus says, you know, that we need to, to, to love, love our neighbors as ourselves, you know, and. And obviously, like Confucius, you know, and uh, other um, 
sort of philosophies and religions and so forth, they, they do say, you know, that you know, an, as the Old Testament does, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, you know. But Jesus talk, talks about loving your neighbor as yourself, but also mm-hmm. loving your enemy, you know, loving those who are uh, bringing, uh, sh- shouting at you and threatening you and so forth. And, and so you, you, you have, through the power of God, you have done this, you know, and been in these situations of malaria. Because, I mean, malaria is no laughing matter. You know, it's a, it's a deadly, mm-hmm. deadly disease, you know. And on top of that, you know, you're having witchcraft against you as well. And yet in your eyes, yeah. I can see it. In your eyes, you've got this shining glow. You know, you're just, you're just like you got these eyes of a little boy. You know, just seeing like you know, ha. Ah. And so, and so, what what is it that fills you with this strength and this 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 joy? I'm not saying that you're happy all the time. You know, every day you're you're skipping down the road. You know, happy, happy. I'm not saying that, but you have this this seemingly sort of indestructible joy within you. Tell tell what 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 gives you that. Well, I think it's the Holy Spirit, you know, and uh, 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 the passion for Jesus. And I think that is what drives everything, you know, that we do. And, uh, yeah, so it's not like uh, because of me, and <laughs> but I think it's Jesus himself, you know, that uh, uh, brings this love to his people and uh, he just brings the joy. That that doesn't mean that, you know, difficult times won't come. And he never promised us that. Uh, but he, he just says that if, as you go through, you know, all of these things, I will be with you. I think the promises, uh, sometimes I, I, I think about, you know, what we call the Great Commission. And when Jesus was speaking about all this authority that, you know, in heaven and on earth that was given to him and he sent his disciples uh, to go and make disciples. And I think that in the end of it, he says, I will be with you. Mm -hmm. So I think the presence of the Lord in us is what really brings us, you know, that confidence and that joy that even as we go through difficult times, the presence of the Lord will always be there. And I think <laughs> I would say it's uh, that passion, you know, that oh. drives us, that really encourages us to keep on moving. Oh, man. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories, and today we're blessed to have Justino. And Justino's from Mozambique, and he's just been sharing how the Lord uh, pulled him up out of his life and told him to go and witness, to go and love uh, a, uh, a tribe in which uh, his, his tribe, his community, hate so to go to those that he uh, his, his tribe hate and to go and love them and to share peace with them and share them the word of Jesus Christ. And so uh, it hasn't been plain sailing. He didn't just arrive and they didn't have a party for him, you know, and welcome him. It was a, a, a long drawn situation of effort and challenge. But Justino, tell us some some um, stories, some real life stories of of of, of the impact that Jesus is having uh, in your ministry in, in on this island, Mozambique? Mm-hmm. Well, there are many stories, but I'll just tell a few. And uh, actually, we, we, we started telling stories, chronological, you know, from the Bible. And, um, and, uh, and because of that, we were actually uh, building like, uh, like a foundation of 
to people's faith. And uh, some people were responding to those stories. And uh, But I believe in most of the things that we did that made people to really uh, follow Jesus was because of uh, uh, our acts of service mm. and uh, loving people and uh, and serving people. So I'll just tell one of these stories of Donia, this lady. This lady, she had uh, this sickness called elephantiasis, which is like filariasis, that the legs grow very big. Like that's why it's called elephantiasis, like elephant legs. And so that is caused by mosquitoes. And then those legs were so like huge, uh, swollen, and um, and and infected as well. There was a lot of pus and uh, yeah serious infection and so one day i was riding my bike and i stopped there and i said uh uh what's your problem and she couldn't even speak and i thought that she could not speak actually she was uh, uh how do you say like a mute someone who cannot speak but then the mother said no she speaks but she wasn't actually answering or saying anything to me and then I said, I want to help you to look after your wounds and the infection on your leg. So I went home and I brought soap and uh, water and salt. And uh, so I was washing uh, her legs and with some an- antiseptics as well. And then uh, and the, the legs were really pussy and swell. I mean, uh, smelling very bad. Um but the Lord really told me to, to show love to her. And I was I couldn't even uh, uh, manage. I mean, the smell was so strong. And I wanted to wear a mask. But the Lord told me not to wear a mask. I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, uh, wanting to, me to be so close to her and serve and wash our wounds. And uh, then I went to the city. I bought some more like bandages and uh, antiseptics. Mm. And uh, so I was doing that for like three uh, to four weeks and the wounds were drying and I got in touch with some of um, some of my friends uh, that are healthcare workers. And uh, so they uh, told, gave me a few clues on what to do. And uh, so three to four weeks, the wounds were already drying and uh, um, I, we treated uh, the 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 parasites that was causing that and uh but the legs couldn't go back to its normal size because it was already deformed um it was too late only through a surgery but even for a surgery it wouldn't come to a normal stage but then she was okay the parasites were gone and uh, i made uh, i took a piece of paper and i drew uh her leg and i went to the city and i made um uh, some sandals for her to be wearing so that she would not get the infections back again. And then in that day, she just asked me, like, why are you doing this to me? And that was the first time I heard her speak. Those three to four weeks, she wow. wasn't saying anything. She was just looking at me, not even a word. And then she asked me, like, why are you doing this? My mother, she she doesn't even sit this close to me. And uh, she just brings food on a plate and puts in here. 
and then she goes away very quick. But you sat here, you washed my 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 legs, my feet, and um, and uh, you took care of me. You made shoes for me. And uh, why are you doing this? And then I I started sharing about the love of God to her, and um, and she said, "I want this God of yours because I've never seen anyone do what you did to me, and I want to know Him. How can I know Him?" And then I just led her. I was sharing the gospel, and she accepted Jesus on that day, and confessed with her mouth, "I really want this God of yours." And uh, so she became a believer. And then a few days later, the mother also said, I want this God of yours. And then the neighbors as well, three of the neighbors came as well, say, I want this God. So under that mango tree that I used to look after our wounds became a church. And then a few of the neighbors came, about 15 to 20 people uh, gave their lives to the Lord. And we started uh, one of the churches under that same mango tree that she used to be sitting there. So Donia today, I've got even pictures and videos of Donia singing, <laughs> praising Jesus. It's just amazing, you know, to see uh, uh, the fruits of it. But it's through serving and loving people, you know, the way Jesus uh, uh, would or the way Jesus loves them. Oh, so man. that's one of the stories. <laughs> Yeah. That's outstanding, outstanding example to me and to maybe others listening, you know, of how small, uh, small acts of love just continue loving that person, continue loving and letting the, the Lord bring the results. And so I was asking uh, Justino, uh, electronically that was, you know, what, what he'd been up to lately. And uh, he said in between all this thing, you know, healing people from illnesses and uh, starting up churches, he was building someone a house. <laughs> so tell us, tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, so there was this um, this uh, lady. She she was married to a security guard. Like here in Mozambique, some people that have got uh, uh, like some financial, uh, like they have money and they are building houses, and they don't live there. They just find a guard, like a guy that would be looking after the house, the property and the construction material uh, as the construction is happening. So, and then there was this small uh, uh, house in the corner that this guy was given to leave with his family while he's actually looking after uh, the landlord's the, uh, property and the cons- construction. And so the guy was like very like a drunkard. He used to drink a lot. He used to be abusive to his family, wife, and kids. They have five children. And so he was beating her, you know, every day. And it was very terrible when he would drink alcohol, come home, beat the wife Mm. and the kids. It was a very terrible life. And then one day he just stole the cement, the iron construction material of the owner, and then he sold it, and then he went uh, to the land where he was born, which is about 300 kilometers uh, from where we are. And so the owner of the house, he said, well, it's your husband who used to work for me, and now he has done all these things to me, so you just have to leave as well the property, so I don't want you to keep uh. on staying here. 
So she was just dumped on the street with five children. And that really broke my heart and, and my wife's heart as well. We were very broken. So we just uh, look after her and we call that to our home. And uh, so we, 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 we shared the need with some of our friends and uh, we managed to buy her a small plot of land. Uh, and um, so we had the land and no material, nothing. And we used our hands and we cut, you know, some materials and uh, we, we used what we had, you know, with the local resources. And uh, there are some of the boys that I've been training them as uh, like carpen- carpentry because I like working with my hands. Like uh, I've got few skills in these things. So we, uh, I took those boys that I'm training them, giving them these skills and uh so we went there we started building the house and uh we 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 built we made doors and windows and and so and some of like our friends even helped we bought uh, some uh iron like tin roof and uh so we built the house and and we just uh gave it to her and now she has a place to stay and a house for herself with her five children. And uh, we managed to get like a, a, a local job. She's like a, a, a housemaid working in a mm-hmm. house and she gets um, a salary out of that, that she's able to to, to feed her, her kids. And uh, it's just beautiful. And in the midst of all of this, because of the love, uh, 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 that she felt, you know, from our side, she mm. gave her life to Jesus oh. as well. Oh man! And now she's following the Lord, and she's even uh, sharing the gospel to her children and encouraging the children to really follow Jesus because that's the way. And uh, so, two weeks ago, that's when she moved to her new house, and I helped taking her things, you know, oh, man. Uh, to that uh, new house. And I went to see her together with my wife. We sat together with her, and we and wow. she cooked a meal for us, and uh, and we ate together. It was just beautiful, wow. and we were so so honored. You know? Oh man! Well, thank you, Justino. Bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.